Hi, I'm Mary. And I'm Bridget. We are the co-founders of the Work Your Worth podcast, where we have transparent conversations about what it takes to uncover and utilize your value at the highest level. Hey guys, welcome back to the Work Your Worth podcast episode five. So we are going to do things a little differently this time that I think you guys will really enjoy. I know I'm excited about it. Yeah. So let's start with a thought. Have you ever thought about how many friendships have grown while sitting on a couch? Seriously, think about it. How many times have you been able to get deeper with someone just because it was a safe and comfortable environment and you just happen to be sitting on a couch? So when it comes to Mary and I, our friendship may have formed at a coffee shop table, but it went to an entirely deeper level last summer when Mary invited me over to her house for the day and we just sat and couch chilled all day long, just talking about life. That, and that's my my like love language. I know if you read our blog, I talked about that last week and just how, man, there's just something so inviting about a couch. And I've talked about it with other friends and that just seriously creates such, it's like, that's the only way you can develop a friendship. I'm convinced. Mm-hmm. Like if you don't ever invite a couch into your relationship, <laughs> it's probably you're not going to become, you're not going to have a real deep friendship. It's like yoga pants on, shoes off. There has, there usually has to be a little bit of crying. You definitely need to cry a little bit. Did you even get deep if your eyes stayed dry? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. And you have to have snacks. Like. If you don't have snacks, so I'm a big fan of making a wonderful cheese tray, perhaps some chocolate, a little wine, or even just look away if you're on that dry lifestyle, <laughs> which, you know, <laughs> whatever. It always, it always surrounds the couch though. So with that being said, we're bringing you the first episode in our couch convo series. During our couch conversation series, we're going to be interviewing women who are truly working their worth. We're going to hear their stories and learn about the path that led them to their careers And our first guest of this series is our super talented, incredible friend, Sarah Zubair. Sarah's our little bean, and we love her so much. Um, She's just an incredible person. She's a freelance brand consultant in Oklahoma City, and she's just someone who consistently kills it on so many levels. So welcome, Sarah. Hi. We're so excited to have you. So let's just start. You're a brand consultant. Um, tell us about your life. Like, who is Sarah? Where'd you grow up? Where'd you go to school? Give us your basic, like, Wikipedia biography, please. Okay, (laughs) Wikipedia biography. That's an interesting way to think about it. Um, Yeah, so long story short, I was born in New York, um, and I lived quite a few places. Um, Spent a lot of my childhood in New York. I lived in Pakistan for almost two years in uh, Lahore, um, which was an amazing experience when I look back on it. And then... Um, moved back to New York, then lived in Maryland for a while in Baltimore, and then uh, my family came down south here in Oklahoma, and we've been here ever since then, and it's, um, I really enjoy Oklahoma. I don't really see myself, you know, of course I like to like, travel and see other places, but I really enjoy Oklahoma, and yeah, my, I mean, I just had a lot of great experiences because of the different places that I lived. I have an older brother and a younger sister. Um, I'm really close to both of them. They are definitely like my lifeline and um, really close to my mom. And yeah, so that's kind of the gist of, I guess, like where I'm from. Yeah. 
Side note, you seem like the best sister ever. I mean, just how family-oriented you are. Yeah. shines so much, and I just think it's very admirable. Yes. It's awesome. I agree with that. And it's interesting. I didn't know you lived in Maryland, too. Yeah, Baltimore. That was a cool time. Yeah. A lot of uh, just, I mean, we used to go to the harbor all the time, and you get to see a lot of cool things out there. Mm -hmm. And um, it was was definitely interesting because I went from – living in a product I mean there was also there was always a lot of culture in New York and obviously in Pakistan too but when I moved to uh, Baltimore it was a predominantly African-American school and Mm -hmm. they actually like if you saw me in person like I have like tan skin but Mm -hmm. they would call me white girl (laughs) (laughs) in Baltimore because it was uh, so that was like very interesting to be in so many different cultures you know growing Mm -hmm. up that was a very interesting time that is interesting. And then you come to Oklahoma, and well, how were you recognized in Oklahoma? Were you still a white girl then? <laughs> no, definitely not. Um, I guess um, Oklahoma was, it's always been really good to me. I think it really it was a great place to grow up because my parents always raised me with a lot of like, I guess the southern hospitality concepts that we have here, like, yes, ma'am, no, sir. Like, they've always, you know, expected me to act like that. And everyone in Oklahoma is like that and it people are taking the time to socialize I feel like in bigger cities everything is so go 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 that you don't really get that level of like social intimacy with people mm-hmm. and I think that keeps us from like you know uh, meeting people and doing things but yeah it's very true about Oklahoma for sure people are nice here I agree my mom loves coming out here for that reason <laughs> um so you are a brand consultant. What exactly is that? I mean, what exactly do you do? Okay, so a brand consultant, um, in a nutshell, I guess the easiest way to say it is someone who is looking at what your organization is trying to do with an outside perspective. Um, ideally, someone who has a media experience themselves. Um, and it, it's kind of that person that helps you develop campaigns based on what you have identified your objectives to be. And so that's basically what I do. And I I guess I've just always been doing that without realizing I was doing that. And whenever I, uh, the last full-time job that I had, I was working with this company, a real estate media company, and um, doing a lot of like media style things there. And for me, it was about taking, you know, what I was doing to the next level. And the most natural thing was, you know, doing brand consulting. And where that started was, Um, I was, I started college at UCO and I just, I actually went to this local spot, um, cafe called Hubbly Bubbly. And I was like, this is a really cool place. Like, why don't people, more people know about it? I was sitting there. So I looked them up on social media. I didn't really find too much, um, got connected with the owner and I just, I mean, straight up, I just walked up to him and said, I want to be your intern. And I didn't really even know what that meant, but I knew I wanted to help him grow that business because I thought it was a really cool space and I wanted people to know about it. And so I just used whatever tools I could to help that happen. And the tool that was just the most natural to me was um, a camera. So I basically ended up leaving school because once I reached my higher level classes, they were teaching us how to use Final Cut, which I had been using for the entire year previous to earn money while I was in school. So I was like, uh, I'm basically already doing what they're trying to teach me. So I decided to leave school and get my real estate license, which is how I was uh, basically recruited by Flow, which is the company that I worked for. 
And then I served 18 months there, which was a really great learning experience for like the early part of my 20s. I mean, I was not, I think I was 19 wow. when I started. And so, um, yeah, that was, that was a fun, that was, that's actually how I met Mary. Yeah. And Bridget. Wait, and Bridge. Yeah. And Bridge. <laughs> is that always the connector. It is the ultimate connector. Yes. Because there's so many different industries connected to real estate. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like 100%. you're a photographer and we're at two different teams and we're all, yeah. technically everything's real estate, right? I, I mean, it's everything in a way, in my opinion. Yeah. I can see that. Like a hundred percent. So you held several positions that allowed you to realize, okay, this brand consulting thing, this could be my career. So you've talked about being an intern at Hubbly Bubbly. You've talked about working for the real estate media company. Were there any other positions that you held growing up or at any time just in your life that you're like, okay, this really did play a a role in helping me get where I am? (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Actually, uh, somehow, and I think it was because... Um, I'm like a super affectionate person with my friends and so I'm like I'm someone that likes to give like small gifts I guess and so I was always that person that would burn CDs for my friends yeah all the time that's kind of friend yeah I mean that was definitely like you Mary you talked about your love language like that was my my love language like writing a track list and just like burning the songs on and that was the time when like we didn't have Spotify you know like LimeWire, you know? Yeah. And so I would burn CDs for my friends. And whenever I got into high school, I was really heavily involved in leadership there. And uh, music for assemblies, like somehow I always got that. Anything tech related, they just Mm -hmm. would ask me. And so I found myself doing a lot of tech things without realizing. And I didn't know why I was good at it. Like, Mm -hmm. to me, it was simple. It was just like, oh, you want to do something? Just Google it. Yeah. (laughs) And honestly, like, I'm a a product of YouTube and Google University. (laughs) Like, everything I know, almost everything I know has been just from someone saying, hey, I need to do this, and then Googling it and figuring it out. So that was really, I guess, the, the catalyst, in a way, for me being involved in tech, which... It, I mean, I guess it's tech, but it ended up being media and marketing mm-hmm. just because it was a, it just all was a tool yeah. to kind of yeah. facilitate that. Obviously, you have a very entrepreneurial spirit, it seems. I, you know, you worked for Hubbly Bubbly, but you brought that position upon yourself. You sought after that. So it's kind of like you created the job. You created your own job and just assisted with this coffee shop. You... Did work with Flow for a while. Then after Flow, I mean, you just created your own thing. So did you always want to be an entrepreneur? Honestly, it was never even something I ever considered. Whenever I enrolled in college, I had no idea what I wanted to pursue whenever I graduated high school. When I enrolled in college, I was a biology major because my entire life, my parents had just expected me to be a doctor and that's kind of like culturally so typical yeah it's very culturally (laughs) like and if you met my mom now like you would be like what that doesn't make any sense the sweetest lady ever yeah and she's very like she supports me in everything I do but I think it was just this natural expectation to pursue something that creates security in your life Mm -hmm. I think that's why it's such a cultural norm because first generation kids are really expected to create um, a legacy not just for themselves but for their their parents as well so I never really thought I was going to be an entrepreneur I I yeah like I guess that's what I am but I don't really consider myself that in a way because I feel like I'm just doing I'm just kind of 
doing what I'm good at and what I'm being called to do. And like, it's, it's definitely a privilege. So uh, of course, like I, I think that what I'm doing is valuable, but I think it's that being able to help other entrepreneurs Mm -hmm. succeed at what they're doing. Um, that's just like the coolest part of it for me. But no, like I never really thought I was going to be self-employed, you know, especially at like in like my early twenties, it just, it's, it's really scary sounding in a way, but I I can't imagine doing anything else or being anyone else. Yeah. You're so uniquely you, and I think that's one of the coolest things that you're not following any like certain path, like A to B to C. You know, you're you really are leading with your heart and leading with what doors open for you. And I think that's at least from our perspective been really cool to watch. Um, and do we have permission to say how young you are? Yeah. <laughs> so, like, you're going to be 23 in June, right? Yep. So, this girl's 22. She had, I mean, she's her own boss at 22. She's creating this. <laughs> she's, if she could blush, she's blushing, right? <laughs> so, even at 22, I remember you telling me this a while ago. Didn't you buy your mom her dream vacation? Yeah, that was actually um, right before I turned 21. <laughs> Incredible. Yeah. So that was a huge, that was a huge uh, landmark. And it's interesting because uh, I, I've always wanted to do something like that for mm-hmm. my mom. And she would always talk about Iceland, um, like growing up, especially in like my late teenage years. And to be able to, you know, give her that gift of travel and experience was is, was really significant in my life but also it kind of uh topped off my feeling of like needing to be a provider mm-hmm. because once I achieved that goal my mom was just like hey you know like even if th- it wasn't like this you know like I recognize what you're doing and I think you're doing great and that was that was really that was really important for me because I felt like I I felt like I was trying to prove myself mm-hmm. um, in a way because I had left school, mm-hmm. and so to do that was definitely significant because I was like, well, yeah, I felt good to do that, but it wasn't that important, you know. Mm-hmm. It wasn't everything. My mom wants me to pursue my dreams and ambitions, whether or not I am able to provide for her in that mm-hmm. way. So I'm really lucky to have a mom that's super supportive like that. Yeah. So did your perspective after that conversation, what did your, did your trajectory change after that? Did your values, once you had that big aha, how did that change you? Honestly, Mary, I think it was, it didn't really change too much until I had a conversation with you about why, and it was a couch conversation, which is so So appropriate. (laughs) Really appropriate with this conversation, but we were sitting on the couch and you helped me trace back why I had such a need for financial security. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, a lot of it came from, um, my mom was a single parent and was, you know, she, I mean, amazing person. She was raising three kids on her own went to school um, for her bachelor's and her master's back-to-back while we were in junior high and high school. And, I mean, during that time, it was financially strapped, and so we were expected to um, really take care of ourselves and do what we could to make it, you know, easier for my mom. And it's not like... It it was just this natural understanding within Mm us. And so whenever I was talking to you and we traced back, like, okay, like, I feel like I need to have financial security because that's always been my mindset. 
that is really the conversation that allowed me to think what would happen if I didn't think about money so significant? What if I didn't let financial security be so significant in Mm -hmm. my mind? What would I be open or available to? And when the opportunities came up to kind of part ways with flow, it was just way easier Mm -hmm. because I had had that conversation with you and it was like, okay, well, what would happen if I just gave myself some time? Like, it, I, I quit just a couple of days before I turned 22. And if I hadn't had that conversation with you, I honestly don't think I would have been able to leave because it was, I was, you know, I was living on my own. Like, I was, I was doing well, so it was hard to leave the income. But it's truly, like, one of the best things I've ever done for myself that jump you know it's Mm -hmm. scary but so worth it yeah did you what helped you so that was clearly a very stressful time in your career and in your personal life what's helped you deal with stress in your own life that is a really good question um because stress I think that I think our relationship with stress is so I don't think it's as important as or I think it's not made to be as important as it really is. And what I mean by that is I would never recognize when I was stressed because I felt like by recognizing it, it became real. So I would always declare that I wasn't stressed even when I was. And that made me not take care of myself in the way that I really needed at that time. So, you know, for a while, I did not know how to manage stress because I simply wouldn't recognize it. But when I look at what I do to, like, blow off steam or just keep level-headed, I mean, music is definitely a huge part of my life. And, I mean, I find myself, like, playing piano or playing guitar whenever I'm um, feeling, you know, just overwhelmed. It kind of balances me out. And, like, talking to you or Bridge and, like, uh, you know, digging deeper in my relationship with my family, those are all things that keep me from being stressed out. I'm just sitting here. I mean, obviously, every time we're together, you amaze me because it's like there's always a new layer to uncover with you. Mm -hmm. And just listening to you, I mean, you play instruments, you shoot photography, you create brands, you help entrepreneurs while being a low-key entrepreneur yourself. You guys make me feel good. (laughs) Coming out with us anytime. There's just... There have just been so many things that you have accomplished at 22, which is incredible. And, you know, people say all the time age is just a number, but, you know, your maturity, it comes, it shines through your experiences. You've had, you may be 22, but you have had so much life experience by the time you were just a child that, and have been through things that a lot of adults haven't even been able to deal with things that are that, that heavy, that significant. And it's just... It's amazing because there's mm-hmm. just been so many things in your life that have just made you, like Mary said, so uniquely you. And given all of your accomplishments, what have been some of the peak moments since you started your career? If you could choose one or two, wow. or what stands out to you? Wow, that's really interesting. Moments? I don't I don't think I've ever really uh, thought about that. Um, when I think about my career, I honestly think about every experience, including high school, Mm -hmm. um, because my student council experience, I think was significant in developing who I am as like a business person. Mm -hmm. So 
honestly, like, I guess the root of it all that gave me a lot of confidence was um, starting, I mean, being senior class president, it, it, it doesn't seem like that big of an accomplishment, but when I moved to Oklahoma, I went to a graduation and I saw someone speaking at graduation and I decided, like, I remember that moment so clearly and I must have been like 12 or 13, but I decided that I was going to be that person at my graduation. And so when that time rolled around and I was, that affirmed that I could really do anything I set my mind to. Mm -hmm. And honestly, after that, I guess seeing things that I've done come to life, like the branding or the ideas and concepts that came to life at Hubbly Bubbly or mm-hmm. um, capturing vlogs from adventures that I've had with friends uh, from work to just play. Those are really significant. I mean, I'm sorry, I think I'm getting off the question topic, but I guess the peak that I guess I could really draw everything back to was the confidence that I got from achieving that goal that I had set as a child to be class president and give the speech at graduation. That was a really, that really set me, I think, on the path that I'm at now. It's like sprung you into adulthood. Definitely. Just with a whole new level of confidence that a lot of people at that age are still trying to find. Yeah. That's so cool. And how cool, like, I think we all believe thoughts are things in this room. Yeah. And that's such a, you learn that at such a young age. And it seems like that's given you a leg up compared to probably a lot of your peers. Thoughts are things. You you yeah. decided it, and so it, it became it. Yeah. You know? Yeah, definitely. I feel like if you, my mom always says that um, you can go as fast as you want, but if you don't have direction, you won't go anywhere. Mm. So speed doesn't matter. Direction does. And that can be hard, especially in your youth when you're deciding where you want to go. Even to this day, you know, I do have difficulty deciding how I want to progress in my career path. But all I I mean, it's small goals that lead to big goals. And I Mm -hmm. think that setting trajectories up for yourself and having ways to measure Mm -hmm. whether or not you achieve those goals. I think that is like a super important lesson that I learned from all that. Mm -hmm. Thoughts are definitely things, dude. For real. <laughs> so in our last podcast, we talked about how there's patterns in your life. Like there's a pattern. You remember that you decided you were going to be the one speaking at graduation. Um, so we have these patterns throughout our life that lead and help us find our big why. Are there any patterns, other maybe less obvious patterns that you've noticed in your life that have led you to where you are now professionally? Okay, yes, I think really. And so actually yesterday I was listening to episode four when you guys were talking about, you know, like finding your why. Mm -hmm. And I had to text you guys because I was in shock because I had a, a I guess just like realization that I had never connected before. And it hit me so hard, but it made me feel so... Um, passionate about what I was doing and and really affirmed for me that I was on the right path. Mm -hmm. And I think um, it was one of the questions that Bridge presented was, you know, uh, what is it about your past? And I I, correct me if I'm I'm saying it wrong, but um, it it was basically like, you know, what what has it happened in your past that um, has made you, I guess, into the Mm -hmm. person that you are or helped you find your why? And 
I guess the question that came up in my mind right away was why do I have such like why do I always lean towards helping people develop their business my mind just naturally goes on that way if someone says that they want to do something all of a sudden my brain starts populating with ideas for them to kind of get where they want to go and I realized after listening to episode four was that I had this longing to help people create success in their business because I watched my dad go from failing business to failing business and we had friends and family who were in the same uh, business who were succeeding and it was frustrating because it seemed like just do these things and it would work and so like business development and brand development I think just naturally came about because I wanted to you know like reclaim power over something that made me feel powerless when I was younger and it but that just set off like after listening to that podcast like I can't even tell you guys I was just like whoa this is crazy like I'm realizing why I'm like why am I so consumed with helping people grow Mm -hmm. their business why am I always listening to podcasts about how people you know went through what they went through to get to where they are in their organization or their business so honestly like and I'm not even just saying this because you guys are my friends but you guys are doing really great work with the podcast so far like honestly like sitting there and being in the car and listening to that like I was thinking about all this stuff and then I was like whoa these are my friends (laughs) Like, these are my friends that did this. And you guys do that for me. Like, honestly, every time I talk to you and I think, like, having friendships like that, Mm -hmm. it's so fulfilling. Like, I'm really appreciative. You're, like, turning this podcast to be about us. And we're like, we want to interview (laughs) you. I just have to say it. Like, I just want your listeners to know, like, how you guys, this is not just something that you guys are doing. Like, this is truly what you guys do in your day-to-day lives. This is what you guys do for people. And so this podcast is really just an extension of how you guys are in everyday life. That's, like, the nicest. I can't even look at you right now, Sarah. (laughs) I'm trying not to make eye contact either. (laughs) I just looked at Mary and she looked away. I can't look at you. That's too nice. That's really. Thank you for that. Yeah. I I mean, that's exactly how we feel about you too. Aw. Which is why it was so important for us to have you as our first person. Yeah. The first first, couch conversation. Our first couch convo. Oh, I'm honored. I really am. Honestly, I think it's an honor just to be friends with you guys. I mean, when I think about my life in Oklahoma City, Mm I mean, it was always the past, gosh, four, almost five years that I've been here have been great. However, it took a totally different turn once the three of us all connected together mm-hmm. and kind of started putting our brains together and working together and just, I don't know, it's a different kind of friendship. And that goes yeah. to show, I mean, aside from just friends, I mean, you were talking about your family earlier and you have a really great support system. So yeah. when people want to know what I mean you know because you are 22 you're young and successful and you have a great head on your shoulders and you are so full of wisdom (laughs) and a big part of that is because you are great at surrounding yourself with people who positively impact you and push you and inspire you yeah I'm definitely a product of the people around me Mm-hmm. And that was a huge learning lesson um, because I, for a, for a large part of my high school career, I was not in the right crowd. 
Um, and relatable. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I think I think it's a it's it's a very natural path because you want to fit in and you want to have friends and you find yourself doing things that you don't necessarily match up with your internal moral compass and you find yourself at this crossroads of whether you want friends or whether you want to be who you know you're supposed to be yeah and it's for me it was just like whenever I graduated high school and I went to college I mean I I very very like specifically remember just cutting everyone off on purpose because I felt so obligated to carry on friendships that weren't feeding me in a positive way with very negative peer pressure. And doing that was the best thing I ever did because it cleared my, um, how Mary would say, mental space. That's my favorite word that I've heard from you. I use it all the time, that phrase, mental space. It's so real. It is real. You only have so much room. It's real estate. <laughs> Everything's real estate. <laughs> yeah. Right? But yeah, friends and the people you surround yourself with matters a lot. Mm-hmm. It determines who you are. I mean, it just determines everything about you. What they say about the five people you hang out the m- most with, that's like, that's who you are. It's so true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It really is. Gosh, I was just so high school. I was talking to Kenan's little brother, who's a sophomore, and high school is hard. Man, yeah. And I, he, you know, he's kind of going through a rough patch, and I really, I feel honored that he like would look to me, and I probably because I like pushed it out of him. I was like, Daylin, <laughs> how was school? What'd you learn today? Mm-hmm. And I just was talking to him about, man, your friends really matter, and how it's so hard not to get caught up in doing what they want to do it's also like how can you find a way to have confidence to like if you don't want to go to college it's okay but like what are you doing to better your skills and your interests now and it was just such like that's not something that is taught and that's not something that comes naturally I know like brains evolve and there's a certain point when you're you can actually like conceptually like think in the future um but I asked him a question I was just like where if you could be anywhere in the future where do you see yourself? What is adult Dalen? Can you imagine adult Dalen? And he couldn't. And that just like made me realize how there's so much about if you can look to somebody and see, okay, I could see myself in them. And if you don't, it's like, you got to have some degrees. Like he can see mm-hmm. Kenan now. It's like, okay, I could be like Kenan. Yeah. But are there other people that you surround yourself to like I'm, I'm not like them, I'm not the same person, but I could be. Yeah. I could aspire to that. I think that's just so important to surround yourself. And I was just, that conversation was such a gift because it reminded me of like, wow, who, we need to be that for people as well. Yeah. Like not only do we need to um, reach out to people that we want to become more like or grow from, but like we need to help people. I just, feel, I feel really passionate about that. Like the younger yeah. people and just like, we have to be there for them and create that, create a safe space. Yeah. As I may say. Living yes. out your why yeah. every day. And even though he doesn't know who, what the adult version of himself looks like, you planted the seed. Yeah. Definitely. So you just simply asking that question yeah. could lead him on a path to self-discovery. Yeah. Totally. That he wouldn't have taken had that question not been asked. You know, there is like a huge importance in asking the hard questions yeah, and totally. hearing them. So 
What a great transition to our next question. (laughs) (laughs) So, okay. So obviously there's good advice. There's bad advice. And a lot of times there's unsolicited advice. So when it comes to you and your career, and even personally, what has been some bad advice that you would not retell someone or just bad advice that kind of inspired you to do the opposite? How's that happen? Yeah, I mean, the biggest thing that I can go back to is almost everyone in my life telling me to go back to school. And that was hard because people can assume that you leave school because you don't value your education, which is the complete opposite. I value education a lot. I think it's the right choice for a lot of people. But for me, it was that I was already learning and using the skill set that my that my degree would have, you know, uh, quote unquote, you know, given me the skill set to do. But I had already learned all that, and so everyone was telling me to go back to school and I was thinking about it a lot and going back and forth and I'm really glad I didn't listen to it and honestly people telling me that made me want to make it even more whatever Mm -hmm. making it means I just wanted to prove that just because I didn't you know wasn't in college didn't mean that I couldn't be successful and couldn't continue to be a lifelong learner I think that people underestimate those who don't go to college or finish a degree because they assume that they're not committed enough to make it happen for themselves, but there's a lot of obstacles. You know, the uh, the money I was using to go to school, I was literally paying for classes, sitting there, l- being told about things that I had already learned. It didn't make any sense for me. Like, yeah, I could have changed my degree at that po- at that point in time, but I chose to take that time I would have spent in class and invest it in creating real world experiences for myself that would create a portfolio that now I use every single day that Mm -hmm. give me credibility and give me, it's not even about credibility, but it's about knowledge. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, when I talk to someone, I don't have to act like I know what I'm talking about because I, I know what I'm talking about because it's my sphere. I mean, it's my sphere of knowledge. It's what I've been doing for the past, you know, however many years. So yeah, I think that piece of advice, like, and I, my, I mean, disclaimer, like, I don't think that people should just assume college isn't for them. I think you should really look at what college can do for you. And if you're the type of person who is self-disciplined enough to pursue a skill or a trade or get your hands dirty and you're not afraid of losing or missing out, then I think that you're the type of person that would appreciate, you know, four years of real life experiences versus four years of being in the classroom. So Sarah, now that you've given us all of this look at who you are, what has made you, I want some practical advice for our listeners. Yes, ma'am. So uh, we have people who are working in real estate, small business owners, etc. What advice do you give to them about building their brand? Uh, that's a great question because when people, when I get together with people, I think the one thing that is most common is that people often have not developed their brand narrative and what that means is what are you trying to convey to your potential audience and how much of that audience are people who are going to actively contribute to the conversation around your brand so going back to 
so wait, what was your question? Just what advice <laughs> would I, I would give? Yeah, or? what do you, how do you, what are you telling business owners? What advice for building their brand? Um, yeah, so like narrative voice is so important. And I think getting in front of people and really like having those conversations, like what do you expect out of this? Like when you have a, how do you feel when you use our product? You know, why do you go and tell people about our services? Ask those questions. It, it always starts with a series of questions. And once you ask enough people or um, clients what, you know, they're feeling when they use your service or what they're feeling when they buy your product, you're going to have kind of a, a map of why people are interested in what you're doing. And that's where you should start developing your brand narrative, in my opinion, because it, that's what's already working. You know, start there and then kind of start honing in on those particular things. You know, how, for example, like why does someone give like a realtor, you know, why is someone comfortable referring them to another close friend or family? It's because when they were looking for a house or going through a tough closing, they were there for them or they were so knowledgeable and they had the skill set. So if that's the answer you're getting over and over again, you should probably create some graphics that show off that, hey, this is someone that knows their stuff or testimonials, you know, that show that people are saying the same thing over and over again. Uh, I think humans naturally look towards consistency and and messages and if you can highlight that, then you're going to be on the right track. That's some really practical advice. Yeah. And I'm like, Sarah, can I give you some homework? Can right. you write for us to add to the podcast, like, five questions to ask yourself when you're building your brand? Yeah. Like, that would be really practical, and I think that would just be really helpful for businesses right. as they're thinking about this. Yeah. So that's something we're going to put in our resources section. Yeah. Brought to you by Sarah Zabair. <laughs> So would you say, would you give the same advice to someone who is trying to build their personal brand, not in a business sense, just wanting to build? Yes. Um, Okay. This is an interesting question because if someone were to look at my personal brand, Mm -hmm. you wouldn't be um, overwhelmed, you know, because there's not a whole lot there because I've made the active choice to hold back on my personal branding just a little bit because I'm still creating um, kind of this scope for what I want to do and what I want to achieve. And so I'm building that out slowly. And that's honestly a big part of what I would say is don't rush into it. Um, because with social media, the thing is, is if you think too much about what you're going to post or think too much about who you want to present yourself as, here's the thing. Nobody's going to really, really remember something you posted a week ago, unless it's super controversial. Mm -hmm. And so you can always continue to redefine yourself and your message. I would just say, don't rush into it too fast. Be consistent when you do decide to go all in. I would say that if you, if you're in a business that is requires a personal brand, if it's anywhere from a realtor to an inspector to someone who's doing piano lessons, show off your skill set. That's the number one thing. Like if you guys were to watch my vlogs, you would see that I show what I do. And not only do I do that, I put the pictures that I took that day in the vlog. And the vlog itself is a product that I can create for people, a video. It shows off my you know editing skill set that I do have. So show off what you can do and don't ever stop showing people because what you can, what you do or what your service is or what your product is, uh, product is, excuse me, that is what speaks for itself. Not what you say you're going to do, not what you're saying you're doing. It's what 
you're actually doing that matters and what people are going to remember. Mm-hmm. Love that. <laughs> so much. It's not what you say you're going to do. It's what you're actually doing. Yeah. So for branding, it sounds like you're... Like, if you could put into words your thesis on building a brand, could you say, like, one statement of what people can, like, take home with them today? Like, if you're building a personal or a business, your business brand, yeah. what's the one, the most important thing that you need to focus on? Um, I would definitely say that analytic feedback is not your best friend. And it may feel like that. And let me go a little bit deeper into why I say that. Analytics is a great... (laughs) That scarred me. That was violent. Uh, What's your thesis? Give us one thesis statement for people building their personal or business brand. Mm. Try often and try a lot of things because that's where you're going to find out what's working and what's not. Uh, the biggest thing is just don't get caught up in thinking too much about it. Don't don't overwhelm yourself about saying the right thing. Be true to who you are and your narrative. And it sounds so simple and stereotypical, but at the same time, it is those things because it's true. Mm-hmm. Don't try to be someone you're not. Don't try to be overly, you know, uh, just... Sometimes when people get really, really sherry, it can get weird only because you're reading something and there's no point to their openness, you know? Like, I, I want to know what the lesson from all of what you said is. Like, if you're just typing this long Instagram caption because you want people to know your story, but it has no value or lesson to them... I'm sorry, like, I'm not going to, like, I don't think it's working, and I don't think it's going to work, so if you are going to be transparent, make sure you, you know, relate it to your audience, or the people that you're trying to influence. Dear diary, today. Yeah, it's not a diary, I mean, it shouldn't be anyways. Relatable opinion. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely. I think we've all experienced that. A hundred percent. I'm like trying to hold my laughter. Yes. <laughs> I can think of people. Anyway, anyway, sorry. Um, what's a common misconception that people have about you and your career? Uh, I, I mean, the easiest thing that comes into mind is when people are, um, assume I am a photographer. Like I do take photos, but only because it's the biggest tool you can have for a business right now images are literally like what are I'm sorry images are what people are using to tell stories right now and video is getting even more so of that which my natural tendency is more so video than mm-hmm. it is photo so I think that's a huge misconception about what I do and also now that I do a lot more consulting I think that people assume that I you know, I'm someone who has like created this giant brand for myself. And that's not true because I don't, I care more about developing other people's brands than I do my, my own brand. And yeah, like some people are like, why aren't you investing that time in your own stuff? Well, it's because honestly, like eight to 10 hours a day, I'm spending on developing other people's brands. And Mm -hmm. so the only thing I really do for myself at this point are my vlogs. Because, you know, maybe here in a few months when the winter months hit again and it's a little bit slower, then I'll probably develop my brand a little bit more. But I'm not in a rush because 
I still have time to develop my own brand narrative. Right now, I'm just concerned about helping people do what they need to do to get to their next level. It's definitely a season thing, too. There's a season that you'll go through when you are more heavily developing your brand, and right now it's not that time, which understandably so. It's the busiest time of the year in our industry. Mm -hmm. Okay, so you talk about developing others and investing a lot of your time in others. So what has been a personal investment that you've made for you? Definitely attending um, Unleash the Power Within, the Tony Robbins seminar in San Jose. That was a huge goal of mine. I found Tony Robbins' works when I was 16, and it changed everything about who I, who, how I was as a person. My psychology changed dramatically, and I knew that I wanted to hear him speak in person because I exhausted every YouTube video I could find of him speaking. And so when the opportunity came up and I was able to afford it um, way earlier than I ever expected um, in my life, I was like, yeah, this is absolutely what I need to do. So I was there. It was four days of just all out. Um, and, I, and, you know, I, I rely on those principles um, almost daily. I mean, I go back to them. I'm not executing on everything I learned there. I think it was so much information, but I think the biggest takeaway was that um, there, I was in a room with 10,000 other people who were thinking mm-hmm. the same way and playing all out. And, you know, it's, it, honestly, it just affirmed for me that psychology is so important in any type of success, whether that's athletic or business or personal or relationship. It all comes down to psychology. It's so cool. It's like my goals to go to. I'm like, same. It was awesome. Did you walk on fire? I did walk on fire. <laughs> You're so cool. Okay, so you really didn't feel a thing. Um, I mean, you are so... If you're really in that mindset and you're playing all out, I mean, you're pretty amped up. I mean, by the time... It was like 1 o'clock in the morning by the time we did it. And they and you do it the first day. Wow. Oh my gosh. They're not playing. They're not. They're like... <laughs> They were like, okay, you're going to, you know, you're going to go and walk on fire now. Like, we've equipped you with the psychology. Just say yes, which was a, a huge thing you'll hear there over and over again. And then, yeah, I mean, it, it was, it's weird. I didn't, I didn't feel, my feet didn't feel hot at all. Like, I didn't, some people got burned, and I think it was just, like, getting so anxious about it. Mm-hmm. But you just, you trust the process, you know? Wow. Dude, that's awesome. Mind over matter. Yeah. So what advice would you give to someone exploring a career in the creative industry? The number one thing that I see, and here's what it comes down to for me, is when I look at the amount of talent in Oklahoma City creatively, it's unreal. I know that, oh, I'm sure every place, but in Oklahoma City particularly, there's such a huge wave of young creative people who can use their skill set to make a, you know, a good living for themselves. And I, I'm not the best photographer in the world. I'm not, not even in Oklahoma City. There's people who outshine my skill set on the daily, just on their Instagram, and they're not even doing anything um, to make money with it. But I think the thing that allows me to use this as a profession and use this to, um, you know, create an income for myself is that I don't lose sight of it being a profession. And that's the biggest advice I would give to a creative that's looking to, you know, create a name for themselves or monetize what they're doing is uh, don't forget to be professional. Actually lead with your professionalism. 
that is what's going to get you where you want to go as a creative. Mm-hmm. It seems, you know, it's it's really easy to get wrapped up in this artist lifestyle. But if you read this book called The War of Art, um, which there was, I'm so, I'm such a huge believer in the concepts of this book. I've literally, at one point, I literally bought like 35 copies and gave them out because I was like, everyone that is anything creative needs to read this book. So lead with your professionalism. Don't forget that you're doing something that requires discipline. That's the best advice I've ever heard for, like, truly. (sighs) Treat it like a business. Treat it like a business. You're you're such a badass. This was, like, my most favorite podcast probably ever that we've recorded. Thank you so much for being on today, Sarah. Thank you guys for having me. Seriously, we're excited. We're going to go sit on the couch now and eat snacks and... We're just, we've had a great first couch combo. Eventually I'll stop being so speechless. <laughs> yeah. After just listening to you. I'm just sitting no. here with the creepiest smile on my face like, wow. I'm no. just so blown away. You guys Seriously. are so much fun. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Thank and you, thank you. How can our, how can everybody find you? We'll link it on our website, but what's your social? Um, social is Sarah Zubair, S-A-R-A-H. I do have an H. Z-U-B-A-I-R on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook, on YouTube. Come say hi to my... Come say hi to my YouTube channel. Um, No, but if you guys want to see what I do on a day-to-day basis, and I'm going to be doing informational videos a lot more, talking about creating brand concepts and things like that. So uh, YouTube is definitely going to be a place, or Facebook, or Instagram. Awesome. So keep your eye out for Sarah. She's definitely making moves. And we'll talk to you guys later. Thanks for tuning in again. Bye. 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 (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for listening to another episode of the Work Your Worth podcast. Hey, just like go over to the iTunes store, like, subscribe, and rate us. We'd really appreciate it. Thanks. Bye.